You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome into Pirate Basketball Overtime here on TSO with me right now, my good friend, brother from a different mother, a man that does everything behind the scenes. We call him Oz. It's Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Dave. And uh, last night at Williams Arena Menchie's Coliseum, it was deja vu uh, as the Pirates once again dug a 15-plus a point deficit. Last night it was 17 at 52-35 to 35 with, oh, uh, about 17 minutes to play. But um, despite still trailing by double figures right there around the 10-minute mark, um, the Pirates really – uh, you know, really started making some shots. Uh, Quentin DeBunjay, uh was the one that really stood out the most after not having done much offensively in those first two games. He had 17, and I know we'll go over the, the team numbers as well as the individual numbers here in a little bit. Uh, but it's nice it, as nice as it was to get the victory. Uh, I tell you, um, they're – there are things you got to figure out because if you keep digging, you know, 15, 17, 19 point deficits, once you play better competition, it's going to catch up with you. And that's what I loved hearing from Coach Schwartz afterwards. Yes, he was happy about the nine point win, but he said, we got to figure this out. There's no question about it. And I, I appreciate him talking about that. Uh, I know the cliche is not how you start, it's how you finish. But Pirates get the victory 82-73. Bubba, you're exactly right. And three straight, you know, when we, you and I always talk about storylines in this particular case with the basketball uh, team this year for the men's basketball team. And the storyline would be that you start the slow starts, uh, slow to warm, if you will. And man, when they get to the, it seems like, what is it, Bubba, the common pattern is the last few minutes to the first half. Um, so you're basically playing about 15, 17 minutes of um, trying to figure things out. And all of a sudden, a handful of minutes before the first half is over with, you finally start to see a spark. So my question is, how do you get that? That's what they're in the question of right now with the coaching staff. How do you get the um, that spark from the start? That's what Coach Schwartz and the staff are you know, trying to put their finger on, trying to nail down and, and rectify. Um, after the game last night, Coach Schwartz said he really felt like it was a lot of the inexperience. He also said he felt like, uh, obviously not that first game, but uh, maybe the last couple that this team realizing they have the ability to come back from large deficits. And we'll talk more specifically about uh, just how impressive what they've done is, uh, regardless of the, the competition in, in terms of those deficits they have overcome. Uh, but uh, Coach Schwartz really felt like the guys um, perhaps – knowing what they could do if they 
Doug a deficit um, that that probably factored in, and then also just the way we've the way we've uh, produced in the second half, and the way we've found a way to make shots that instead of working the ball inside early in the game to uh, create those solid three point opportunities, that we just start taking some ill advised shots early in the shot clock and you know, jacking up threes as opposed to to getting some paint touches and then kicking the ball out, be it from uh, from Luigi or from Ezra Sar or, or whoever. Yeah, we've got to – yeah, I think uh, – Bubba, one of the things I was thinking about was the fact that um, I, I pretty much forget that this team is or, – or a good portion of them are brand new. So not only that, but you have the guys that I think was six guys that stayed on uh, from Dooley's teams that are now trying to, like, figure things out with the new guys. So I'm not trying to make any excuses. I just think the chemistry is like I was thinking about in the green room. It's like you have, like – parts to an engine like lying around, but you got to put that engine together. Or if you want to, another cliche or uh, analogy, I should say is like a puzzle pieces of a puzzle you're trying to put together. So in hockey, Bubba, um, they have like the different lines. There's usually four lines of guys that are playing. Well, in basketball it's starting five and you got different guys you have in the rotation. And I think that's, what's going to be interesting to see as we go down the, uh, throughout the season is to see uh, what's starting five and see what guys are rotating in and out, don't you think? Yeah, a lot of different rotations and combinations being utilized and experimented with uh, to see what is the most effective. And I'm sure that will continue throughout non-conference play and probably into the American uh, to see, you know, what exactly is the most effective and you know, taking a look at some of the numbers from this game, we talk about the comebacks. Uh, these three comebacks, Dave, that the Pirates have produced in their first three games. Um, Pirates, as you see there on the screen, have overcome a 16-plus point deficit in each of their first three ball games against Mercer, Presbyterian, and Hampton. Those comebacks rank tied for 10th, tied for 2nd, and tied for 5th. Um, of course, against Mercer. The Pirates overcame a 16-point deficit against Presbyterian. It was 19, and then last night it was 17. As I mentioned, it was 52-35 with just under 17 minutes remaining. And with those three comebacks, uh, the Pirates have now won 18 straight non-conference games at William Arena Menchie's Coliseum. And we talk about the play after halftime. Uh, we are outscoring our opponents. Um, on average, 49 to 31.7, so a 17.3 uh, margin uh, of uh, you know, outscoring the opposition after halftime. I just love that. I, I'm so excited about uh, that with uh, the very fact of, Bubba, the one thing that comes to mind that you have to say is uh, the, this team – it's been fun to watch. It's been uh, definitely they don't give up uh, the fight in this team where you and, I, you and I have watched a lot of pirate basketball over the years individually and together. And it's a matter of a lot of times these teams in the past would have made maybe trade baskets or they give you a little bit of a run and false hope. But, man, this team comes back like a uh, like a tidal wave. But the problem is sometimes at some point. Uh, you'll be underwater and you won't be able to come up. <laughs> you come out of there. So 
we've got to do better of getting a hot start. And I guess, like I said, it's uh, early on in the preseason now where you're trying to find out the right combinations. I hope that's the case. And like you said before, when, man, um, we're really happy, ecstatic to be 3-0, and but we've got to figure things out as far as when you get into uh, the likes of Old Dominion, some of the other non-conference, and of course, the conference, my goodness, uh, you, you can't give Houston or any team uh, spot them, uh, you know, 10, 15 points. Yeah, no doubt. Um, starting on Monday night, and we'll talk more about that tournament later on, uh, going down to Florida Gulf Coast Showcase. And Pirates will begin play against Indiana State, and we'll take a, a look at that bracket uh, here in a few minutes. But Florida experimenting with the rotations and finding energy and pressing the right buttons. Coach Schwartz said in last night's post game, following the win over Hampton, uh, he really gave a lot of credit uh, to Luigi Dubow, to um, David Kasanganai, Winston Tabs, and Jaden Walker. He said those four young men provided a lot of energy when we desperately needed it. Uh, when, when the energy was lacking on the offense, excuse me, um, well, both on the offensive and defensive ends, but particularly the defensive end, uh, we we were not uh, rotating quickly enough. Um, our, our help defense wasn't what it needed to be. Um, yeah, Kasunga Nye came in, provided five quick points, finished the game with seven, knocked down a big three, and uh, showed some emotion there. Uh, Winston Tabs had a quick seven points and looked the best he's looked to date as a Pirate. Uh, Jaden Walker had six points. And um, did some nice things. And then Luigi DeBow, despite having just four points, um, really brought some energy and, and did things to help turn the tide there in the first half and on into the second half. So um, I thought that was very interesting that Mike Schwartz uh, noted the performance of those four young men. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I'm really proud of uh, those guys. And, you know, Bubba, um, something we talked about on uh, Saturday in a group text is the fact that when remember when um, even though it was not last night, but Saturday gave us a chance. Unfortunately, when it was unfortunate that Brandon Johnson, we don't obviously don't want him to be sick, but it was the next man up uh, mentality. And these uh, guys, they need uh, quality minutes and they were able to get some. And then uh, then you have uh, last last night, you have the, the big win, 82-73. And then uh, we'll be talking in a little bit about our. Uh, big road trip, the preseason tournament to Florida, uh, and the the uh, the big tournament and uh, men's Gulf Coast showcase coming there, and I think it's Estero, Florida, uh, but they'll be starting on Monday. We'll talk more about that. But this game, uh, one of the confusing things is though I love the voice of the Pirates very much, Jeff Charles, and I had to pay not because of him, I had to pay close attention, Bubba, because it was Pirates against Pirates. So usually when I hear Pirates, I get excited, but some of the time it was the wrong Pirates, the Hampton Pirates that were scoring, and, and I had to pay close attention uh, last night listening to the radio. They had a graphic. And... I don't know, Bub, if you can hear me. I can't. I can't. There, I got you back, I think, now. Okay. Um, the Pirates um, had played Hampton three or four times. And, uh, also, there's been meetings 
uh, between, uh, obviously, they're not the Pirates, but you have the East Tennessee State Buccaneers and also the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. And then East Carolina and Seton Hall have never squared Seton off. Hall. But um, you, you, you mentioned Brandon Johnson. It was nice to have Brandon back after the flu-like sickness kept him out of the Presbyterian game over the weekend. And Brandon had a double-double. And we'll go to some of those numbers, uh, individual numbers as well as team numbers. Brandon Johnson finished last night 15 points, 12 rebounds. And did not on the art, but another terrific game from Brandon Johnson, and as he, as he had 15 points and 12 rebounds in 29 minutes, coming off that flu-like sickness. And then you had, I mentioned Quentin DeBouge's production, and most of that was in the second half for Quentin. 17 points, four out of six from three in 26 minutes, and then Javon Small continues to impress the, the Pirate point guard. 17 points. Five out of 12 from the floor, uh, six assists and five rebounds. So a solid all-around night with Javon Small uh, doing a little bit of everything. Uh, you had, um, as I mentioned, also David Kasanganai and Winston Tabs with seven apiece. Luigi DeBow and Caleb LeCount had four. Jaden Walker, six. And R.J. Felton had five. Yeah, Javon Small and R.J., man, have really come up uh, big for the Pirates and uh, but I think is this uh, the good the good news, Bubba, is that if these other guys can really step up, it'll be definitely a uh, the ceiling uh, will be really high for this team, and hopefully we can get over five hundred as the hope, and uh, and then, uh, but especially with uh, conference play, that's my key. Certainly, and uh, as I mentioned, the team stats. Taking a look for our viewers, East Carolina finished the game shooting 40%, uh, 26 out of 65, 10 out of 33 from beyond the arc. Uh, as a Pirates shot 15 more threes than did Hampton. Uh, as the Hampton Pirates were 9 out of 18, 50% on the night. Um, East Carolina shot a very solid 76.9% from the charity stripe, 20 out of 26. Uh, meanwhile, Hampton was 12 out of 16, 75%. The, the Purple Pirates out-rebounded the Hampton Pirates 43-37. to 37. Uh, East Carolina had 15 assists. Hampton had 16. Uh, East Carolina had 12 turnovers as opposed to 16 for Hampton. Yeah, turnovers are not great, but it was certainly uh, a lot better than um... – what this time of year sometimes you can have where it's sloppy play because you're getting the rust off, so to speak, is my son and daughter are working uh, off season work right now, having to get used to switching sports, Bubba, as you know, with your son and daughter. And it's like, that's what I've been talking to them about is the off season work. And so getting the rust off. And I think the same thing with the pirates is that they're getting the rust off, finding their, their niche. They're finding, I guess, their role, so to speak on the team. Will they be the six man? Will they be, and the starting five. And so now we have a, a good test. Uh, I didn't know if you want to add any more for last night's game, or do you want to go ahead and talk about the yeah. uh, tournament? Winner? There, there were a couple more points that I had about last night's game. Uh, Coach Schwartz in the post game said that Benjamin Baela was going to start. Unfortunately, um, he came down with a sickness um, that was unspecified. It, it, it is not COVID from everything we heard. 
but um, Benjamin Bayela, um, you know, he played 20 minutes or so in each of the first two games, provided a lot of energy and uh, done some nice things despite not scoring much. And so um, a shame that he was unavailable last night, but um, good that some others had the opportunity to step up. And I want to go back to the performance of Quentin Abunjay. Coach Schwartz was talking about uh, Quentin after the game, saying that he was very close to uh, having a seat and uh, putting his warm-up or shooting shirt back on and spending the rest of his evening clapping for his teammates because of his lack of effort and focus on the defensive end. But um, that changed when he was challenged by Coach Schwartz and staff. And as a result, he was in the game and made the difference uh, both defensively as well as knocking down four threes. I think at least three of those came after halftime. And um, Quentin was red hot down the stretch when the Pirates needed him to be. And um, and then also uh, Coach Schwartz just said that with um, the lack of focus and what everything, whatever's going on in the first half, and feeling like that we can just dig ourselves a hole and and find a way to shoot ourselves out of it after halftime, that that's fool's gold. And that uh, if we don't figure that out, uh, it's going to come back to bite us sooner rather than later. They said that last night, yes, we were able to come back and win by nine, but that was a game that we really could have lost very easily by 15 or 20 points because of um, the way we played for the first probably 20 to 25 minutes, uh, if not 30 minutes of the game. But uh, those are the main things. And one thing that I found very interesting, not necessarily just about last night's game, but this year, college basketball in general. And it's, it's good to see because it's kind of been a pet peeve of mine over the last several years. And that is the, the flops that you would see and guys yeah. just flat out throwing themselves backwards to get a call. And if you do that now, if the official gets a good look at it and he deems that is the case, that you're flopping, that uh, it is a, a one-shot penalty, uh, one-shot foul, however you want to say it, for the other teams. So that's something that Pirates were able to capitalize on at least once, if not a couple of times last night. And I believe Hampton took advantage of it a time or two as well. It's one of the rules committee and – the only issue is, is that, uh, well, I mean, what I was going to say is there is it doesn't count as a personal foul or a technical foul, but it could be a per it could be the foul shot plus the ball. Right, Bubba? I believe on the, uh, that's correct as far as a, a shot in the ball. Yeah. So in other words, it doesn't count as a personal foul or a technical foul. However, it uh, doesn't count towards that, but it, but it still could be a momentum swing of, uh, four points potentially, and that, and when you're having, you're fighting, and you're a new team, and all that. That I mean, that really. In other words, we're not a blue blood team where we've got an established program where we should be blowing people out by thirty or forty points in some of these non uh, preseason games. It's a matter of we're fighting for wins every single night in the non conference. We can't afford to lose a single game in non conference, even though. I'm sure we will. It would be nice if we could go undefeated in non-conference play before we go to the American. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, non-conference games 
in Williams Arena, Menji's Coliseum. No, the majority of those games haven't been against stout competition. But uh, if you look back through East Carolina's basketball history, and that's something that we were saying with under the previous regime, people wanted to, to laugh about some of those non-conference wins. Well, some of those teams weren't as bad as people thought they were, for one. And two, uh, even though even though they weren't in the top 100, top 150 teams, there are teams that we've historically struggled with, be it UNC Wilmington or whoever. And it was great to see us take care of business the way we we're supposed to in those games. And even though it's been interesting um, thus far through three games this year, having faced a 16-plus point deficit in each of the first three games, we still found a way to take care of business and win three games that we were supposed to win. And with this young team that has so many unproven pieces, guys that just are flat out doing things for the first time at the Division One level, and that, and that says a lot about Coach Schwartz and his staff and the guys buying in that they're that they're finding a way to to uh, battle back from 15, 16, 19 point deficits. No question, Bubba. I'm really, uh, I'm really proud of the team. And like I said, uh, you know, it's going to be not to repeat myself, but um, it's good to start. We could easily be 0-3, as you know. So 3-0, uh, um, we move on. And if you're ready, we can talk about the Gulf Coast Showcase. I think that uh, I'm really happy with uh, this tournament. I think that um, one of the things that I'm happy about is that a uh, great place to play. Maybe they can recruit, but I, I love these preseason. I know you, it's the same way with bowl games or football. For me, I love these preseason tournaments uh, for basketball. It gets me really in the mood, and this is right before Thanksgiving next week, and, hey, you're in the great state of Florida. No doubt. Um, awesome trip for, for our guys to, to travel down to the, the Gulf Coast to, to face uh, you know, some very quality opponents. Um, no household names, but um, you have on East Carolina's side of the bracket, the Pirates will begin play with the Indiana State Sycamores. Obviously, when you think of the Indiana State Sycamores, you think back to the 1970s and late 70s uh, with Larry Bird you know, when he had the Sycamores playing Magic Johnson in Michigan State for an NCAA title. Um, but the Pirates will play against the Currently 2-0 Sycamores um, trying to look at their schedule very quickly to see if they play between now and then. Uh, I don't believe they do, but uh, or they, may actually, they may actually play tonight against North Dakota State. But uh, Indiana State, as I mentioned, is 2-0 going into tonight's matchup with the North Dakota State Bison. Um, the Sycamores defeated Green Bay. You know, that's Wisconsin Green Bay. I think they just now go by Green Bay. Uh, and they defeated them 80 to 53, so a 27 point win. And then they also defeated uh, Ball State out of the MAC, 83 to 71. So a 2 and 0 start uh, with a couple of double digit wins for uh, for the Indiana State Sycamores, who will be the Pirates' fourth game of the season on Monday. Uh, that will be a 1:30 tip off. Um, on Monday afternoon down in Florida. No doubt about it, Bubba. It's going to be fun to uh, see that. I wish we could be there, but uh, it's hard with this time of year with the, this particular week for me. Um, 
but uh, great uh, that, by the way, 11 and 20 for Indiana State last year, but I think they're going to be a lot better, as you said, the 2 and no start. And then uh, the fact that uh, if you're wondering how you can um, watch it, well, it's not going to be on ESPN+. Plus. It's Flow Sports, and this particular case, Flow Hoops. And to let you know, it's uh, like $29.99 a month, or you can get it for, I think, for the whole year. But get this, Bubba, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, the Pirates will have three games in this tournament. Um, so we have three games um, that you'll get there. Plus, uh, one of our, the War on the Shore, uh, we have at UNCW, um, and they're also on Flow Hoops. So you get four games, and after the Wilmington game, I'll probably cancel it, but um, but go ahead, and if you want to get it, uh, it's the same thing, just like if you have ESPN+, Plus, uh, you're paying for it to uh, pay-per-view, if you will, and this particular case, Flow Hoops is the way to go if you want to watch your Pirates. It really is. Uh, and you know, for the for the Pirates, if they are victorious on Monday afternoon against the Sycamores of Indiana State, they will advance to play on Tuesday. And I believe uh, I believe that looks to be 5 o'clock. And if the Pirates lost against Indiana State, they would play on Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Uh, and right. that would be that would be against either Toledo or um, Missouri Kansas City UMKC on uh, taking on the Toledo Rockets on and I don't know the... uh, on Monday and that that's the first game of the event at 11 o'clock and Toledo's off to a three and0 start and man do they put up some points on the Toledo Rockets had listen to this and they beat Valpo 8570 wow. UAB UAB 9385 and Oakland 112 to 90. So uh, they are scoring, um, what, 97 points a game? Yeah, there you go. And uh, I, I I can't do the math like you can, but it's high enough to know that's a lot of points. And by the way, Bubba, last year, uh, Toledo out of the MAC 26 and 8. So uh, they had an amazing, um, they had amazing ride and they lost to Akron, um, by the way, which denied them a bit to the big dance. Um, but I tell you what, um, don't count out Toledo this year. They're going to make a big run, I'm sure, in the MAC. And um, again, good competition for the Pirates. Um, and this is good to see with this. Uh, I think it's great the non conference uh, schedule we have, including this preseason tournament. Um, I just think it has a nice feel to it. And uh, another great thing about this tournament, Bubba, it's good competition, but we also have uh, games that uh, we can win where it's not like an uphill battle, so to speak. You know, on the other side of the bracket, and speaking speaking of some of those teams, the Pirates uh, could play um, in Game Three of the tournament, be it in the championship or or in you know a third or seventh place game. Um, you have the Drexel Dragons, UT Arlington, Northern Kentucky, and FGCU. Um, of course, Florida Gulf Coast, and. Just off the top of my head, I'd say the top team on that side of the bracket is Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky um, was victorious against the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, big regional matchup there, um, not very far at all, separating those two programs there as NKU is just across the river uh, from UC. And they were able to take down uh, Wes Miller and his Bearcats 64-51 to on Wednesday night. No doubt about it. And uh, like I said, it's going to be good competition with the Pirates, and it'll be good for us to be able to um, – this will be a true 
I hate to say it, but it's a true test for this pirate team. And like we talked about, you know, several times from the show bubble, we can't get behind um, these teams in this tournament. And I don't care who it is. I don't care what their record was last year. Uh, you can throw that. Out. And sometimes, Bubba, as you know, uh, these teams, uh, when you're in a tournament, it's like a whole different season, so to speak. And some guys just thrive on a tournament. I think Americans love a tournament and a playoff. And so these guys, they really uh, showcase their talents and maybe they step up their game. I hate to use that term. Um, but when it comes to a tournament, some of these guys will uh, you know, shoot the lights out where normally they would, might be have average numbers and their numbers might be a little bit inflated because they love tournaments. Yeah, it's great for, for the team. Another situation going on the road to play three games in as many days and uh, – Tournament play is a different animal, and being at a neutral site, uh, a lot of times you're not going to have very much of an atmosphere. You're going to have smaller crowds, and right. so uh, being down in Florida, a good bonding experience for the for these youthful pirates, and a great opportunity for them to play some games against solid competition, three basketball games in uh, less than 72 hours, and hopefully the pirates will be able to. Uh, come back with some wins and and who knows may, maybe be six and oh or five and one but uh we're definitely if we're gonna have a chance to win the thing we, we have to shore up uh, some things that we've seen issues with so far I, i'm very excited about the three and oh start but like coach schwartz said um i'm well aware of what can happen if we don't get some things rectified no doubt. And uh, next up is, like we said, Indiana State on the clock on Monday. So uh, it's good that we have a few days. I know they'll have a travel day in there. And uh, it's good to rest their legs, uh, knowing that we have, like you said, Bubba, three games in the 72-hour pe uh, period. And by the way, um, here's another thing, Bubba, I want to mention to fans is that uh, you and I are, are nerds when it comes to sports nerds, that is. Um, and uh, for those of us that are in the Greenville area, we have a, um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, there is a big game at Old Dominion, which is not too far away from Greenville, a couple hours away, two or three hours away, depending on where you are um, in the Greenville area. And, man, that would be a great game to get a lot of Pirates up there in Norfolk. Yeah, it would, Dave. And then also, um, this is basically a month down the road, but uh, on Saturday, December 17th, I knew you were. Uh, going, I knew you were going yeah. to mention that. Yep. Char Charlotte area Pirates and Western North Carolina Pirates, upstate South Carolina Pirates. You know, or, um, the, the Pirates we taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks in Greenville. A very nice arena. Um, great opportunity to play a winnable game against an SEC opponent. Um, the Gamecocks are two and zero with two thrilling victories. Um, 80 to 77 over South Carolina State, a team the Pirates also play. And that South Carolina State game is in Menjis right after the Pirates traveled to Old Dominion. And then um, the Gamecocks had also beaten um, the Clemson Tigers in that huge rivalry matchup in that game. Yeah, Bubba, and one more thing. Uh, we're talking about traveling. Uh, those of yeah. you that are in the Wilmington area, uh, we've got December 6th at Tuesday night. We've got the UNCW game. Um, so a lot there are a lot of the people that maybe can travel to that game, or if you live in Southeast or North Carolina, 
not too far away from Trask Coliseum and UNCW. Um, they'll be playing, the Pirates will be playing uh, UNCW that Tuesday night, December 6th at 7 o'clock. Yep, um, that's always a heck of a challenge when you go to Trask Coliseum and uh, and the Seahawks, as they always are, will be uh, geared up for the Pirates' arrival. And uh, it'll take our best effort to to come out of there victorious. That's a place we have not won very much. No, not at all. Even when we had teams that could have beat them, we we have a tough time there. But um, anyway, the most important thing is the next game, again, we have Friday. And so good luck to the Pirates uh, taking on Indiana State again at 1.30, um, the Gulf Coast Showcase, and that'll be on Flow Hoops. Um, so get your, uh, go ahead and get your, uh, I would go ahead and get your login, go ahead and pay for it. You'll have a chance to watch those three games on the Gulf Coast Showcase one more time. And we'll mention again, UNCW is also on Flow Hoops. So uh, you can do like I did, twenty nine ninety nine. You get four games, and then you can cancel it afterwards. But uh, great, uh, great to at least we have them on television as well. Do you have anything else, Bubba, before we get out of here? Uh, one other thing I was going to chime in with, and that's just you, know, you brought up UNC Wilmington and how the Pirates haven't played very well down there through the years. Uh, probably the best game I recall us playing there was um, back in the Mac McCarthy era. Uh, the Pirates went down there. Uh, I think James League and um, Brock Young and company uh, knocked down a lot of threes that night and uh, really lit up the Seahawks, uh, scoring, I think, close to 100 points. And I think that was probably the best game we've ever played at Trask Coliseum. No doubt about it. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, that's always, a like we talked about, it's a tough game. It's kind of like a rivalry for us, I, don't, I think, in basketball and uh, certainly baseball. So uh, hopefully we can win the war on the shore, my friend. Yeah, that would be a, a nice uh, road win, no doubt. And the, the only other thing I'd say, you know, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, we, we, we appreciate your support of the program. Follow us on social media, on Twitter and TikTok. Or actually just on Twitter now at the Sports OBJ on TikTok and Instagram at the Sports Objective. And then also like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel as we're approaching 700 subscribers. Um, encourage your friends if they follow the Pirates, maybe even they already listen to the show but aren't subscribed on YouTube. Encourage all Pirates you know to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate it. No doubt. And again, uh, one more time, 82-73, the Pirates win on our Pirate Basketball Overtime, where they beat the Hampton Pirates. And we'll, we've got a lot of great programming. Good luck to the Pirates on Saturday for Senior Day. Get your tickets, ecupirates.com or 1-800-DAL-ECU. They had sold a little over 40,000 seats. And hopefully we can get more for uh, Holt Nailers and Miles Berry and, uh, and also X-Man Xavier Smith. Uh, we can get uh, them to send them out the right way. And hopefully we can get a big victory as the Pirates take on Houston at 2 o'clock at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. All right, for Bubba Rosenbaum, I'm Dave Richmond. You've been watching, and that will be Pirate Basketball Overtime here on TSO. Uh, Good night, everybody, and as always, go Pirates! Welcome to the island, man, it's crazy in here.
whole sea of purple and gold waving in here. Keep a plank for the short tank, traders beware, because we got a whole bunch of body sailors in here. You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. And go Pirates!